What's good, everybody? I'm John Zastrzemski, host of New York, New York with JJ, the first podcast on The Ringer and Spotify dedicated to you, the New York sports fan. We've got episode three nights a week, plus bonus episodes whenever news breaks. So make sure you follow the show on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. You guys excited? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Dad. We're excited. We are launching our 2021 Ringer Fantasy Football Draft Guide next week. It is going to be even better than last year. We're going to have 200 players. We have write-ups from the Ringer staff on all the players. We have our rankings, and we can honestly say, and I mean this, it is the most beautiful design fantasy draft guide in the entire industry, it works amazing on your phone. It is honestly just kind of, I get lost in its eyes. Like it's like an adorable <laughs> puppy or a small child. I love the draft guide. I'm just thrilled. It's really yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And the rank, the rankings are just, it's it's just DK, high fits in my rankings combined. So everybody can really know this year. We will let everyone know who was higher on guys, who was lower on guys. We can, we can assign blame. It's just <laughs> us three. More culpability. Actual accountability. Yeah. Culpability. Yeah. All right. We, so we're going to have a lot of content coming to you guys on this feed, the draft guide, a lot coming all about the 2021 preview. But we kind of wanted to, before we move on, I feel like we're in this mm. nice zone right now where the memories of 2020 are still fresh, but no longer such traumatic, maybe. <laughs> right. It's like, it's funny now. It's a little funnier now, some of the crazy shit that happened. So. We got this amazing email from Katie. Shout out, Katie. You can email Katie. us at reofantasyfootball at gmail.com. Katie. Katie. She said, 2020 was obviously a weird and crazy year, and I think it would be cool if you did an episode on some of the weirdest regular and fantasy things that happened last season. One that we can point to in a couple of years to remind ourselves that Kendall Hinton actually scored fantasy points or that Taysom Hill broke some leagues by filling the tight end slot while playing quarterback. <laughs> We were so anxious and in some ways forced to move on quickly, and it would be nice to look back and laugh at the ridiculous end quote. Shout out, Katie. What a great, great idea, idea for an episode. Yeah. We're just going to do that. So, <laughs> the weirder, we're just going to see, we're just going to do that. Producer, Katie, I'll producer Katie, you. Katie, thank you for that. Katie, yeah. ringer employee now, Katie. We're going to, here are the 20 <laughs> weirdest things that happened in the 2020 NFL season. Like, here's some weird shit that happened. We're going to count down backwards from 20 to 1. And, uh, and then Doing now tears. we can officially. In tier, we have tiers. Yeah, we have four tiers of things, and that's T I E R, not T E A R. Tiers, <laughs> wow. 
That was good. Wow. Because uh, 2020 brought about some tears. Let's be honest. Yeah, there were some fucking tears. For, for show. Um, so first <laughs> up, just... Oh, what? You didn't like the Fofa show? No, no, that was fine. It was a tear. It was, just, it was just referencing how there was tears last year. I just yeah, it's it was a little yeah. Remember last year when we, we uh, honorable mention. Remember the episode where we're like, "How you doing?" and someone was just like, "Bad." <laughs> I'm not. I'm not good. <laughs> I am. Like, well. oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm okay. Okay. Anyway, the tier four is just like weird oddities and quirks, kind yeah. of mm-hmm. just yeah. odd things. TK, you want to take number twenty? Yeah, so I want to actually go back before the season started, all the way back to the spring when, I mean, honestly, COVID was just starting, or at least shutting things down. The NFL draft got shut down, at least from being a live event to a mostly online Zoom event. Roger Goodell hosting the NFL draft. (laughs) and basement. I feel like it was on day two. I can't remember specifically. But there was at there was some point where Goodell slowly devolved into like just leaning really really far back in his chair, like he just was like <laughs> lounging. It looked like I he think did. it was the end of I think it was the end of round one. Was it? And also, yeah. he was in a sweater. I don't even think he yeah, was in he a changed. suit. He changed in the middle of the. He draft. just got way more comfortable. It's like he'd taken some edibles, and halfway through the round, they started well, to like hit. You know. Um, <laughs> And he was like, he's like, I'm not even kidding. I'm not getting up for this one. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to sit back in my chair. He's got like his legs like spread eagled at the camera. Like it was so fucking weird <laughs> and awkward. And we never got an explanation for it. Um, he looked like a, he looked like your uncle showing up for like Christmas Eve dinner. Yeah. And, like, like oh, khakis God, and just, a blue sweater. I ate so much turkey. I can't get out of this chair. I don't, don't like just. Let me just do it from here. Um, He's like, uh, in the second round, the Jags taking no lineman. Whatever. Let's move on. Yeah. So my theory, which I I actually think this is exactly what happened, is at some point, maybe it was because he was getting up and down. Maybe it was just whatever. Like, you throw out your back sometimes, and it just happens. But I really believe genuinely that he threw out his back. His lower back seized up. Are you serious? Yeah. Because you think he threw his back in the middle of the round, the first yes, round? Yes, I do. Absolutely. <laughs> so I've thrown out my back a couple times in my life. And he was the way he was sitting, where he like couldn't, like, it was like he was like his back was stiff as a board. Like, you can't bend, like, or it's excruciating pain if you like sit in certain like ways. So the way he was sitting on the couch was exactly, I'm, I swear to God, people who have had their back thrown out. I, I talked about this on Twitter at the time. People were like, yes, this is exactly what happened. The way he was sitting is like your back seizes up. He was having like lower back spasms. And so DK, I love DK diagnosing Roger. I'm, I'm, this never is like Dr. Chow. This like this is the Dr. Chow <laughs> version of, of the bringer fantasy football shows. He absolutely had back spasms. He's going to take three or four weeks to be fully mobile again. He took some, I'm guessing like somewhere in the middle of the round, he took some muscle relaxers. That was why he was like, looking like he was high. Um, he was just <laughs> feeling good at that point. Yeah, those M&Ms were in M&Ms next to <laughs> Exactly. Holy so anyways, shit. I just thought that was weird. Like that was the funniest like <laughs> thing that we, I just completely forgot about until I was like making this list. I was like, oh my God, remember when Cadell was just lounging. That's incredible. <laughs> I'd say another weird thing about that that draft, you know, related to the draft, is that the Packers drafted a quarterback. They drafted Jordan Love <laughs> in the first round. Yeah. And um, 
Rodgers was pissed. He had a glass of tequila right after that. Went on Kyle Brandt's show, talked about it a little bit. Yeah. And then won the fucking MVP <laughs> in arguably yeah, one of the best seasons a quarterback's ever had. He had 48 touchdowns and five picks. I was thinking about this. Is Aaron Rodgers the closest thing we have in football to Michael Jordan? Not in terms of like resume, because Brady would be in terms of like rings. And I took that personally. In terms of mindset, <laughs> yes. I oh, yeah, taking things personally. Uh, did you watch the match with him and Phil and Brady and Bryson? Because I saw a little bit. Uh, yes, like the way Rodgers was putting, the combination of clutchness, like he was like a Hail Mary level putts. He just made everything mixed with like he did take everything Phil said personally. I I, do think <laughs> I really do think he's energy. the closest thing we have to MJ in football. <laughs> the other just weird thing from the petty. draft, remember how they kept referencing during the draft all the players' dead family members? Yeah, that was tough. Just over and over and over again. And it was like, that was also weird. Okay. <laughs> So anyways, th none of that had real... Well, I guess the Packers thing definitely had something to do with fantasy. Oh, but it's still weird. We're doing the weirdest shit that happened. Yeah, this that's is going to have... Uh, some of it is not really fantasy related, but that's okay. It's a good one. Uh, 19, Craig, you want to take 19? Yeah, Alex Smith came back from 693 days off <laughs> in the NFL and returned only to immediately get sacked by the defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald. <laughs> Was it the Dude, first? That was the collective. Oh my god, that was. I, I went back and watched. It was not the first play. Oh, I don't have still. kids, but I feel like that's the closest I've come to feeling like my child was getting totally. hit in a football game. Totally. Yeah, he threw like his first play was like a dump off to the running back, and then it was third and four, and Aaron Donald just destroyed the line and jumped on his back where his <laughs> yeah, oh, where his his legs had to support <laughs> him and Aaron Donald. Uh, he was fine. He had a terrible year at quarterback, but he won comeback player of the year. That's fine with me. Uh, th but I think the weirdest, the most eerie thing about this is the Joe Theismann, Alex Smith comp. I don't mm, know if you guys yeah. remember the like weird little paragraph. I have it here. So Theismann broke his right tibia and fibula on November 18th, 1985 in a game in Washington that ended 23 to 21. <laughs> the only three-time defensive player of the year, Lawrence Taylor, was involved in the injury, which occurred around the 40-yard line. Tyson's pro left tackle, Joe Jacoby, wasn't on the field. Alex Smith broke his tibia, uh, his right tibia and fibula on November 18th. What the hell? 2018 in a game in Washington that ended with the same score, 23-21. Also, the only three-time defensive player of the year, J.J. Watt, was involved in the injury, which occurred around the 40-yard line, and Smith's pro bowl left tackle, Trent Williams, was not on the field. Crazy. Same day, same score, same place, and then the only guys who have three times, I guess Aaron Donald has one too now, but that's... Yep. Fucking, okay, it's unbelievable. Really weird. Time is a flat circle. Last thing I just want to shout out for Alex Smith is he was 34th in QBR out of 35 people. The only person he was ahead of was Dwayne Haskins. So he did his job. He was better than Dwayne Haskins. There you go. But they were still worse than everyone else. Okay, yeah. DK, you want to take 18? All right. So on a little bit lighter note, I just, <laughs> I, I, so again, I was like going back and researching some of the weirdest shit that happened last year. And I had completely forgotten about this, but you guys remember. Packers Colts week 11 seven penalties in one minute of game time it's like crunch time at the very end of the game uh the Colts were leading 31 to 28 late in the fourth quarter I'm gonna just run through play by play here a little bit Packers offsides next play Packers 12 men on the field next play Colts holding next play Colts holding Packers declined it next play illegal motion Colts Packers decline that again. The next two <laughs> plays, uh, the Colts miraculously pick up a uh, first down after uh, third 19, and then they went for it on fourth down, picked up first down. Next play, Colts holding. <laughs> next play, incomplete pass. Next play, Colts holding. 
Next play, four-yard <laughs> run. And then to top it all off, this wasn't even actually a penalty, but Rivers was sacked on the next play, fumbled. The ball was returned 71 yards for a touchdown, which probably would have been like the game-winning thing for the Packers. But the play was reversed on review. And so it went to overtime. The Colts eventually won. Uh, but man, I remember just screaming at my television during this during this game, stop fucking <laughs> doing penalties. You know what's nuts? That's how every NBA game ends. <laughs> I was going to say, this is like that Clippers Suns game that took 20 minutes to play the last 40 seconds. Oh my God. Holy ridiculous. shit. Well, it's weird. It's weird you say that, actually, because penalties were down. Well, actually, I guess we're in tier three now. So tier three is strange wins and just yeah. outlier, outlier stuff. Outli weird outlier shit. <laughs> Something that was really bizarre and really underplayed is holding penalties just went away. Yeah. They just quietly, without talking about it, changed what holding penalties were. Holding penalties were down 40%. This is the NFL's version of the purge. Anything It goes. is. They purged it. <laughs> the penalty so purge. Lowest holding rate since Richard Dixon was president. And that, <laughs> al along with the lack of practice, led to all-time highs for all time for any NFL season. Highs in points, yards, yards per play, first downs, completions. And it was basically the best year for offense ever. Even rushing yards per attempt were at an all-time high, in large part because holding's legal. And then turnovers were the <laughs> lowest since 1932. But the crazy one, 40% of drives ended in a score. Lowest amount of punts ever, too, in a season. Yeah, I mean, like, think about it. All, it I mean, this all totally makes sense. I think the NFL absolutely was just like, hey, let's, we just want these games to be entertaining. Like, fuck it. Let's go for it. Um, but I mean, think about how many play, think about how many drives are foiled or derailed by holding calls. And so, I mean, yeah, it totally makes sense. Is it the least satisfying thing in sports when a big play happens and it comes back on oh, a ticky tack hold? Yeah, that's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah, it really, it really is. Although I, these NBA playoffs have radicalized me against the Trey Young stuff where he goes backwards. That stuff's also infuriating. But a <laughs> yeah. big play, though, is really annoying. All right, 16. I, I don't know if this is, we maybe should have had this higher, but just generally speaking, <laughs> the no fan thing, right? which is both the weirdest and least weird part of it. Like in the beginning, it was eerie. And by the end, it was like, yeah, sure. You want me to go back? But like the cardboard cutouts, which we also got used to, but were so weird in the beginning. Like, I vividly remember Bill Barnwell tweeting when the first cardboard cutout day happened, a Cubs game, and a, a guy was making a catch in the outfield, and there were just teddy bears behind him and empty seats. And he was like, try explaining <laughs> this to someone six months ago. Yeah, like what? Where are we? But so that was like nuts. But also the, the lack hole. the lack of fans just destroyed home field advantage like generally speaking home home teams win 57 percent of their games and this year they won 50 percent of their games and then like Nora princiati wrote a great story about it like aaron Rodgers got the same in a sunday night football got the saints to jump off sides in the red zone in the superdome yeah, yeah. we're normally like you wouldn't be able to talk to anyone and he's hard yeah. counting the other team instead of like not being able to communicate with his own team so that's Vegas went from giving home field worth two points to one point to like a half point by the end of the season. That's, yeah, that's actually pretty wild. I think it's great because like the the crowd noise thing is certainly a big part of it. And and like you said, the hard counts, things late in the games, the communication, all that's very interesting. But I also think it's fascinating that with no fans in this in the crowds, the referee bias 
changes. And yes. I think they didn't they do studies where basically referees are more willing to call the road team for for penalties because they're not worried about the wrath of the crowd and all that stuff. Like even if it's just implicit. I don't yeah, I think it's not it's not conscious, it's implicit as you yeah, said. Subconscious, just, yeah. The immediate reaction of like seventy thousand people to a thing is just going to <laughs> make you hold it. Just uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's gonna flip you if you're on the fence about something. Yeah. It was also super weird that like I mean, we we had no sense of time. I feel like in the season last year, there was a game played on every night of the week in the season last year. No, oh, everybody yeah. was at home. Nobody was going to work. Nobody knew like what day it was. There was nobody <laughs> in the stands. Like it was like the most bizarre situation. I had this one for later, but we can just do it now. I think up there is just the games being postponed, as you said. It did like already for so many reasons, time was warped. But the Bills Titans game being moved from Thursday night football to Tuesday. And then the craziest one was the Steelers Ravens game, which Went was originally Wednesday. it was the th- no, like but Wednesday first, afternoon, <laughs> no, but it was the Thanksgiving game. So it's the marquee Thanksgiving game and probably the best Thanksgiving game in like ten years on the schedule. Right. They moved it to Sunday, couldn't do Sunday. Wanted to do it, I think wanted to do it Tuesday, and then had to do it Wednesday. So that game got postponed like three different times. Yeah, we were all like in the middle of our work day. It was yeah. like 2.15 and it yeah. was like third <laughs> like, and 10 in the Steelers dude, game. You're like, what? The most like the most dystopian, hilarious, like COVID pandemic season factoid about this whole thing is the reason the game was played in the freaking middle of the afternoon on a Wednesday was because the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting ceremony took precedent <laughs> later that <laughs> night. It's important. Like or on NBC or whatever. <laughs> And the Ravens had like half of their starters. It was their JV team essentially against yeah, the Steelers. Yeah, right. Lamar was that. Oh my god! You ever seen that tree in person? It's beautiful. <laughs> Such yeah, a no, weird nice. year. Okay. Before we get to the next one, I just want to make this a fantasy angle. Do you think that? Do you think that the holding penalties are coming back? Do you think the offense is going to be as strong this next coming year, or That's should we all be question. prepared for a little bit of a pullback? I think the NFL, generally speaking, is almost always like foot on the gas. We want offense. We're not going to go back. However, I, I would be. It maybe it's not like forty percent, but I don't. I, I don't. Right. I think that they like offense at an all time. Like if you just look at every sport right now, like they're trying to calibrate this. I, points are the product. They're trying to calibrate toward more points. Like the reason the NBA is, is I'm, didn't, didn't the NBA's also have a record high in points possession? That's also a direct result of how rules are being made and how things are being called. Like, like they want more points. And I don't think like part of this is don't forget the Thursday night football game that I think was a Titans game two years ago where Tom Brady was tweeting about how many fucking holding penalties there were. And he's like, this is ridiculous. Who gives a shit that there are less holding calls? Defensive linemen care. (laughs) Defensive coordinators care. Nobody watching the games cares unless your team's getting screwed. But if every team can hold, who cares? Like, right, right. I think it's fine. The other thing I want to note for the home field advantage thing, just uh, this is we have this at 15 on the list. Oh, I don't know what number we're at right now, but uh, <laughs> technically home teams last year were below 500. <laughs> like they were 127, 128 mm-hmm. and one. Yeah. But three of those quote-unquote home games were because the 49ers had to play three home games in Arizona. <laughs> Their division rival. And this was because there was a California law in effect, Santa right? Clara County. Okay, yeah. 
because of COVID outbreaks, which is obviously it makes sense. But well, so Santa Clara County booted that uh, they they banned contact sports at every level, and the Niners were like, "Well, not every level." And they're like, "Every level, bitch!" And then the Niners were like, "Uh oh." The NFL is not used to being not above the law. No, they <laughs> <Right>? really aren't. <laughs> like antitrust, like doesn't matter, you know. And then so anyway, the Niners lost all three of those games. Uh, <laughs> well, it's like the Raptors this year played like most of their games in Florida because they weren't allowed to go to Canada. Oh, yeah, I think. Yes. The, I mean, yeah. even the Rays, the Rays had to play half their the, half of this season, I believe, in in Tampa Bay versus Buffalo. Like they're shuttling. Yeah. Like they're it. It's fucking. This was, weird shit happened. All right, DK one to fourteen. Yeah. So here's one that I actually, you know, well, actually here's a few that have uh, fantasy implications. I think just the Josh Allen. It got lost in the wash because there was such so many other weird, really weird things that happened. But Josh Allen having. Maybe the most extraordinary breakout season of any player in NFL history. Like, legitimately, I think you could make the argument that this was the most surprising, shocking transformation we've seen from a quarterback. He he went from... So I'm just going to read off a few stats. Completion percentage, 58.8% in 2019, which was dead last among 32 <laughs> qualifying receivers. In, 20, in 2020, that jumped over 11 points or 11 points to fourth. He was 69.2%. His passing yards, he went from 3,089 in 2019. Zero 300-yard games, by the way. Zero. Which is like, I get that their offense was like, what you know, whatever it was, and he was running a lot and all that. But he was like, oh, there was like five guys who had zero, uh, among qualifiers, that had zero 300-yard passing. It's like Duck he Hodges. He could throw a 300-yard game once. Mason Rudolph, oh fucking oh Dwayne, Dwayne, Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. Like, this is the company that Josh Allen was in with oh zero 300-yard games. Last year, eight, it, which was third most. <laughs> every other game. Every that's other not, game. That's fucking crazy. So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, he went from 3,089 yards in 2019 to 4,500 in 2020, fifth overall. Uh, in 2019, he threw 20 touchdown passes, which was 21st. Last year, 37, which was fifth. Uh, his pass rating jumped like 30 points from 24th. Uh, he, he ranked 24th in that area in 2019, 107.2 last year, which was fourth. The dude, like, he got he got accurate. Like, what happened? Let me hit you guys with a take. Yeah. As Bill would say, Kyle, get the video machine going. I got a take. <laughs> I think if you just watch highlights of Josh Allen's 2020, if an alien came down to watch... Josh Allen's 2020 highlights compared to every quarterback ever. You could argue that he looks like the best quarterback of all time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. NFL films, Craig, Craig, that's not even like that hot, honestly. NFL films, uh, I don't know what he's the director or Scion. Uh, Greg Cosell recently went on record saying he believes that Josh Allen could be and could go down as the most physically gifted hmm. quarterback of all time. Like his size, arm strength, agility, agility, rushing ability, like all that stuff together. Most physically gifted. Trey Aikman said on Flying Coach, he scouted the 2018 rookie QBs coming out of college for the first time in his career. And he said Josh Allen had the best arm he's ever seen in his life. Yeah. 
Okay, but like, is he going to suck this year or what? Like, like if he just is terrible <laughs> for the first four weeks, they're going to be able to like, oh shit, maybe that crazy outlier season was an outlier oh season. God. Can you imagine? We got bamboozled twice. I don't wish. I don't wish this upon Josh Allen, but it would be objectively hilarious if he just turned. What turns the hell back happened? Into the first of all, nothing's objectively hilarious. Nothing's objectively <laughs> hilarious. Don't overuse the word objectively. Okay. We already lost the word literally. Farts are objectively hilarious. Uh, no, so, no guys, nothing's no, objectively nothing, funny. Nothing is objective except for everyone wants to eat their bread immediately upon getting to their table. <laughs> that Twitter poll that you saw. Did the you other see day? this, by the way? Fucking yeah, where this woman was like, "Is it tacky to eat bread within five minutes of sitting down at a table?" Dude, it was like two hundred thousand people voted on this poll, and ninety-seven percent of them said that no, it's not tacky. You can't get ninety-seven percent of any demographic or any group of people to agree, to agree on literally on fucking anything. That's a true point because like I actually think if everyone here emailed us something, ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com, like could you get 97% of people to, to just vote the same way the internet poll? Even if it was obvious, people are going to shitpost. Yeah. Like if it was like, is water wet? 10% of people will put no. Like it's incredible to get ninety seven percent of people. Can I just say that it's kind of ridiculous that we just serve people bread before dinner and everybody just eats it? That makes no sense. It's the heaviest item you're likely going to eat that day. Why is that the first thing you eat? Because it's cheap, it's fresh, it's hot, and it takes up room in your stomach. It makes you feel good. It gives you it good vibes. Up, why do you want to take up room in your stomach? It's the Don't cheapest food they can give you, and you're hungry and an ornery asshole. Also, I think the real answer is it's kind of. I think the real answer is it's probably convention and that if you don't do it, you probably are seen as like a cheap, even though ironically, like you'd rather like the food will taste better. Like hunger's the best seasoning. Yeah. It just makes no sense. If you actually think about why we do that and we all just Craig, did you vote bread. yes that it's tacky to eat the bread within five minutes? <laughs> Listen, I'm down. I'm going to do it. You're one of the 600 people out of 200,000. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy who voted for Harambe in the election. Oh Craig God. is the 600. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Let's keep rolling here. Number 13. Okay. Here are things that happened. Here are things that happened to the Houston Texans in the calendar year of 2020. 
The Texans were up 24 nothing on Kansas City in the second quarter of the fucking NFL playoffs. They blow the 24 nothing lead before halftime and go into <laughs> halftime down four points. They lose the game that they were up 24 nothing. They lose by 20 points. The Chiefs go on to win the Super Bowl. Then the Texans trade DeAndre Hopkins for a second rounder. Then they trade a second rounder for Brandon Cooks. They use the money they saved on DeAndre Hopkins to sign Randall Cobb. Stud. And then they sign Laramie Tunsil, who's the left tackle they traded two firsts in the second rounder for. They sign, Bill O'Brien signs him to a contract that is so large, it redefines what offensive linemen <laughs> can sign for. Even though Laramie Tunsil didn't hire an agent and negotiated it himself. Then they start 0-4. Bill O'Brien's fired. And then Jack Easterby, who is the guy who's like the shadow GM, is compared in his Sports Illustrated article by anonymous players to Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. And Sports <laughs> Illustrated finds all of Jack Easterby's old resumes. Oh and they God. see that he changed his... He was basically like an intern with the Jaguars 20 years ago. And he changed his title, literally Dwight Schrute. Went from assistant to the manager to assistant manager and then just called himself manager <laughs> for the same role. Jesus Christ. Make it till you make it, Jack. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was literally the team chaplain, wasn't he, for the Patriots? He was the team chaplain for the Patriots. That What's has somehow been, like the guy who helps like the guy who helps players pray and like go like like part therapist, part part uh spiritual guide, like in other words, no fucking relation to football. It's zero, just <laughs> zero relation to football. Yeah. He worked in ops. It, 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 it's literally, and now he's like running the team. It's kind of like what is whorehouses have Littlefinger? How does Littlefinger go from running whorehouses to a city? I don't know if that's applicable, but he did it. Oh my God. Yeah. Prior to joining the Texans in 2019, he served chaplain and character coaching roles. Yes. <laughs> character coach to GM. Anyway, that was nuts. That was, this is probably should be number one. Like the whole, the Texans fall from grace was swift and bizarre. All right. That's 2020 for the Texans. Okay, Craig, you want to do 12? Sure. This is, this is really just fantasy related, but in the moment it was crazy. Kyler Murray was breaking Lamar Jackson's short lived pace of setting, you know, the highest scoring season of all time for fantasy players. Lamar averaged 28.1 points per game when he broke the record the following year through the first eight weeks kyler murray was averaging 30.1 he was literally becoming the greatest fantasy player of all time and then he hurt his shoulder in week night against miami and then 11 days later against seattle and everything changed he went from 60 yards rushing to 40 yards rushing 263 yards passing to 236 yards passing um and they finished the year three and six and like everything changed everyone thought they were going to make the playoffs you know they were kind of like the new darling in the nfc um I kind of, you know, if Kyler never got hurt and he breaks the record, he's the QB one in drafts this year. Mm. He's, I would say, yeah. easily. Yeah. The, the only thing about Kyler 2021 here is in, recently in an interview at OTAs, he basically said, my legs should be seen as a luxury. And it wasn't like that last year. And everybody basically was depending on me to run. And look what happened. I got hurt. I don't want that to be a thing this year. Do you guys believe that? Or do you think no. that's just... I feel like the people say that every year, but... When you got to scramble, he, when he's got to scramble, he's going to scramble. It's still Aren't there be plenty there. of things in your own life that you tell yourself you're going to do because it's the right thing to do and then you don't do it? I should lay off I should lay off Not carbs. Not eat bread yeah, before like dinner. Not eat bread before dinner. Yeah, you goddamn right. 
Should you not eat, eat bread, bread before yeah. dinner? No, do it every time if it's warm and there's and there's good butter. Like he can say they're not going <laughs> to run, but the second it's helpful to run, you're probably going to fucking run. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and if Cliff Kingsbury's got his back to the wall, you know, and like the, if they start slow, like he's going to do everything to get that offense going. And Kyler, why isn't he the why isn't he the QB one in drafts then? Because he's five eight. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's I mean he's like no worse than the QB four anywhere, and also I think that like Mahomes is. I think obviously number one, but like, I think Kyler is going pretty high. Like, I don't think anyone's down on Kyler. I just think it's kind of like, yeah, it's like, I don't think he's better than Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, Josh Allen's he's, he's below Josh Allen. I actually have Kyler above Josh Allen. I think I do too. I think I have Kyler at two. I have Kyler above Josh Allen. I is it a hot take to say, I think that like the top four guys are in the same tier. No, I think that's right. Yeah. I think that that's largely correct. But part of me thinks the person who will stop running is Dak. Like Dak, Jerry Jones already said he'll have to change his play style, but that's not like a, hmm, this really works, but we shouldn't do it. It's a, no, like, I don't know if Dak physically will be as fast or agile yeah. after his broken ankle. So, yeah. Um, speaking of Dak, actually, some weird shit that happened with him. This is number 11 is that Dak was for the first four games was on pace to break Peyton Manning's single season record, which whatever it's four games. He was on pace to break the record by a thousand yards, <laughs> a thousand he had, in week two, Dak had a career-high 450 passing yards. In week three, he beat the career-high the following week but with 470. And then the next week, he had another career-high for 500. <laughs> he had a career-high in passing yards three weeks in a row. And then he broke his fucking ankle. That would have been fun to see if that would have carried. I'm sure it wouldn't have carried quite so ridiculously, but man. Part of it's their defense gave up so many freaking points in those games that he it was literally like they had to throw early and often, so that was unsustainable. That's And that was the two things I'm a little down on Dak this year. It's that the combination of the defense can't be as bad, even if it's still bad, and so therefore they will have to run more, which is why I actually don't mind Zeke this year. And then also just he's not going to run as much, but we shall see. DK, you got another weird one for us? Yeah, speaking of rates, like so we talked about Kyler's rate through eight weeks Dak's rate through four weeks Russell Wilson's let Russ cook like era the let Russ cook era was a beautiful thing while it lasted through seven games through the Seahawks first seven games Wilson Wilson was actually outscoring and outpacing Kyler and Lamar and Dak and everyone in fantasy points per game 30.3 fantasy points per game uh he had passed for 21 or 2,151 yards 26 touchdowns six picks that put him at a pace for just about 5,000 yards passing, 59 touchdowns, which would have been an NFL record, and 12 picks. So He would have had the greatest fantasy season of all time yeah. if he kept that up. So, obviously, like, it didn't happen. It didn't, it didn't sustain that because everything fell apart. The wheels fell off. Well, the wheels, no, he. it's important to talk. He turned the ball over a lot. And Pete Carroll, I think his stat is they were 53-1 and one or whatever, 53-0 and 0 at USC when he... They didn't when they won the right. turnover battle. Right. So Pete Carroll flipped out about the turnovers. And so like, here's the question though, DK, are they going to let Russ throw a lot more this season? Or are they going to go back to the second half of the season and not let him throw? Cause I, he had his whole temper tantrum with like the trade and Russ wants to throw and Pete Carroll doesn't want to do it. What's going to happen this year? I mean, I think it's going to be, it's not going to be as crazy as the, the let Russ cook era, the quote unquote, let Russ cook era, because that was also like the Cowboys and like, um, you know, we saw with like, for instance, the Bengals and stuff. Like the Seahawks defense was so atrociously bad that the Seahawks were having to throw that much and having to be uber aggressive and keep the foot on the pedal. That's not how typically <clears throat> how they want to play. 
And generally speaking, in the P. Carroll era, when the Seahawks get a lead, that's when they slow things down and go back to their game. Like, it's why the Seahawks always win like 16 to 15. It's like every game comes down to the final possession. That's how Pete Carroll wants to play. I will say, though, I think that they're going to be more up tempo. I think they are going to let Russell Wilson throw the ball a good amount. And to be clear, like in the second half of the year, it wasn't like the Seahawks went into the shell and just ran and like completely took Wilson out of the game. Like they still threw, I think, at an above average rate uh, in neutral situations. It wasn't like they stopped throwing. It was just le- like much less than they were in the beginning of the year, if that makes any sense. So <clears throat> I think it is going to be somewhere in the middle. I do think, you know, this new uh, offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, he comes from the Rams. He's their passing game coordinator. I don't think he, you know, he's, I don't think he was brought in to let Russ cook necessarily, but I don't think he's also, it's not like he's going to put the, you know, the restrictor plates back on the quarterback and like turn back into, you know, the early days of the Seahawks where they're just like 50 50 run pass splits and things like that. I don't think that's going to happen. All right. So, number nine. While Russ was doing really well, Carson Wentz melted down to his solid core. <laughs> I mean, there are meltdowns, and then there's like the clusterfuck that are the Eagles. There, never mind that the Eagles had like a crazy injury play 2019, and then were just as injury play 2020. Wentz was basically last in everything you want to be first in. He's first in everything you want to be last in. He then ref- like refuses to play in week 17. Like he's dress, like he's doesn't dress, but he's there. They have to play Jalen Hurts. Then the <laughs> then the Eagles bench Hurts to tank the game. Put in Nate Sudfeld. It works. They lose the game. Give the division to Washington. And then the Eagles season basically ends how the Sixers season does, which is wow. That top pick we made in 2016, we got to fucking get rid of that guy. This whole thing was super weird. And then when they when they fired Doug Peterson, I was like, oh, okay, so they're gonna. Stick by Wentz. They're going to try and yeah. rehabilitate everything. This is going to go back to the, the status quo before this clusterfuck happened. And then they trade Wentz, too. <laughs> yeah, the Eagles The Eagles have really challenged Bill Simmons' old rule about, like, after your team wins the title, you have to, like, you can't bitch for five years. <laughs> right. The Eagles have made it really hard to follow that rule. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, it, I think that one, it, that one's limited to two now. Like, also, the thing with the Eagles, like, secretly, is I think more teams are going to tank. Now it's like 18 weeks. I think teams are, more teams are going to tank because the Eagles basically got the sixth pick, traded back to pick up another first rounder. Like losing that meaningless game got them a fucking first round pick. I think that's incredible and other teams will do that. All right, that's number nine. Craig, you want to do number eight? Yeah, this one's near and dear to my heart. The Browns just destroying the Steelers in the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah. Last year, going up 28-0 in the first quarter after the Steelers went 12-0 and 0 11 to start and 0. the year. Well, wow, fandom really 11 skews the memory. I believe they're the first team to go 11-0 and 0 and then finish season 12-4. and 4. So they good are. job on you, Pittsburgh. They're the worst 11-0 team ever. <laughs> by a lot, actually. Fraudulent. A fraudulent 11-0. But then the weirdest part was the Browns that game were riddled with COVID problems. Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, tested positive for COVID, couldn't go to the game and to watch it at home. Oh, my God. Uh, from his basement as his family watched upstairs without the, sec- the three-second <laughs> delay that he had. And uh, they kicked the shit out of the Steelers. Before the game, Juju was interviewed, and they were like, do you feel like the Browns team this year is a little different than years past? You know, they're seeing success for the first time in a long time. And he's like, nah, these guys are still the Browns to me. Like, I'm happy we're playing them in the first round. <laughs> that didn't age well, Juju. Uh, 
not Tough only, beat. not only. First, of all, I'm sorry, Craig, that you had to watch that really humiliation on TV. They made a run out of it. There was a moment where they were like down like eight in the fourth or something. It's true. They did almost win the game. But the crazy shit is that not only was their freaking head coach out, and I think the offensive coordinator too. Like, like but they also had their top two cornerbacks and their top two O linemen were also on the COVID list. And despite that. The Browns were up 28 to nothing in their first 28 plays from scrimmage of the game. Not the Browns' first 28 plays. The first 28 plays of the game, 28 nothing. The biggest first quarter lead in playoff history. And then the Browns won their first playoff game in 25 years. So Yeah, first play of the game. Snap went over Ben's head. They were cumbered in the end zone. The next <laughs> series, Ben throws a pick. The Browns score. The next series, Ben throws a pick. The Browns score. It was a fucking nightmare. That was crazy. I also can't get over Kevin Stefanski watching that at home like everyone else. And he said that he didn't know what happened in that first snap. He just knew that his family was screaming upstairs. So he figured it was something good. So relatable. <laughs> Relata very relatable. Yeah. The Browns kind of like almost could have maybe beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. They were close, but no cigar. Like it was like yeah. you can see the makings of it for next season. Yeah, it was kind of like NBA ish, and like they're not there yet, but this is closer than it should be. Uh, <laughs> another thing that was really funny last year: the Jets beating the Rams to lose Trevor Lawrence <laughs> was unbelievable, especially because uh, it was two weeks after they were beating the Raiders, and the Raiders beat the Jets on that hail mary because Greg the, Williams the called zero the cover blitz. zero on a Hail Mary situation. The, uh, Greg, Greg Williams called engage eight on cover zero or on the Hail Mary. He got shit. And then the every Jets day. fan, every yeah. Jets fan, yeah, he got fired the next day. Every Jets fan loses their shit. Cause they're like, thank God we're not losing Lawrence. And then two yeah. weeks later, they, they beat the freaking Rams. Also, by the way, the, I don't know if this mattered, like if it was the tiebreaker or not, but they beat the Browns the next week after they beat the Rams. I don't remember this game. I have, eliminated it from my memory. Was that like the Browns just decided to give up or what? Because Baker Mayfield played the whole game. I don't remember. I, Bill said the other day that your brain is like a nightclub and there's only so many people that can be in. I feel that way about <laughs> football games. The Jets-Brown game, like it's that like one. Sherlock be. Holmes mind palace. You got to let some other shit out. <laughs> when I'm 50 years old, I'm not going to remember a single thing that happened any in any season. There are going to be too many games in my brain. Do you think we'll remember each other? I'll be like, oh yeah, that, that, that Danny vaguely, Kelly guy. Vaguely. Yeah, so how did how did the Jets beat the Browns? I don't I don't remember this at all. Anyway. I, I yeah, it's not worth it. Greg kind of a kind of a flex by Greg Williams. Like maybe he was like, fuck it, I want to get fired. I'm just gonna call cover zero on a Hail Mary. <laughs> Mic drop. I think he was trying to he's the only one with a vision for saving the team, which is get Trevor Lawrence. And they, that's the guy they fired. The only guy smart enough to not win the game. And then what happened after they fired him? <laughs> they played great defense against the Rams. That was fucking stupid. Anyway. Speaking of what fucking stupid, tier two. Of craziness. So we just finished up tier three, which is basically like, how would we describe tier three? Strange, like outlier shit. Yeah. Tier two stuff of weird shit that happened in 2020 is the what the fuck is happening stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this is what the fuck is happening. Number six, we've got the Taysom Hill debacle of when he was a tight end or a quarterback as a quarterback. This, was this went insane. all the way to the fantasy Supreme Court. <laughs> I can't remember what did we do? what was the official decision of the court that he can't be the quarterback. I think we ruled that it was we ruled despite our best instincts that it was fucking bullshit for <laughs> right. him to be able to be to a be quarterback. A tight end. It was fucking nuts. <laughs> I know that in one of my leagues that I had picked up Taysom Hill in preparation for this because I knew this was going to happen. I like had this premonition that he's going to end up being the starter. Breeze is going to get hurt, whatever. 
And I had it and I was like, this is going to be awesome. And I got voted out. My league voted to not let me do it. Uh, imagine that, your competitors voting to, to hurt their competitors. Who could have seen that coming? Oh, you seem super bitter. I forgot this was a divided opinion from the, Supran the yeah. Supreme Fantasy Court. I forgot yeah. that. I was in favor of letting it stand. I was the swing vote. I'm like the Anthony Kennedy of Supreme Fantasy Court. <laughs> Holy cow. Anyway, that was weird. Hopefully that never happens again. Yeah, DK, you're getting old. Maybe you should retire soon. We got to nominate some new justices. Okay. No, number Craig, you want to do number five? This is the top five. This is big. Top five weirdest shit of 2020 NFL season. <laughs> Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert starting in week two because of medical malpractice and then winning offensive rookie of the year. <laughs> um, that was, Okay, so in the moment, it was kind of scary, but in retrospect... Hilarious. Weirdest, kind of funny. I mean, not, not for Tyra Taylor, but... I'm sure most people probably know this, but I'll quickly run through it. Tyra Taylor hurt his ribs in week one. He was the starter. And in week two before the game was receiving a pain-killing injection in his chest. And it didn't go well. And minutes, mere minutes before the game started against the fucking Chiefs, they're like, well, Tyrod can't play. Hey, Justin, get in there, kid. And Anthony Lynn, the coach of the Chargers, found out before the coin toss and he thought they were like messing with him. And they're like, yeah, Tyrod can't go. He's like, what the fuck? So Justin Herbert comes in, who, mind you, it was a draft pick nobody was thrilled about. Right. Everybody thought he was overrated. Yeah. He comes in. Including against, me, yeah. Against, again, the Chiefs. He marches down the field on his first drive and runs in a touchdown. And they lose in overtime to a 58-yard field goal to the Chiefs. And he goes on to have the greatest rookie quarterback season in history and wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. By the way, I'm gonna go, I will go to my grave believing 100% that Anthony Lynn would have sat Justin Herbert until like week 10 if he had his own choice. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you are right. It, it would have been the like stupidest thing because like, look how good he is, man. It's the poster. <laughs> he's now the poster boy for like why these guys don't sit. Talk about like sliding doors. Yeah. That's why I like Justin Fields this season. It's why I like Lawrence, like I, my rankings this year, I basically have Justin Fields as like QB 11, QB 12. Basically, I think it should be the first backup quarterback drafted. Like Stafford, or, uh, mm. I believe is my quarterback. 12. Basically, there's the top, the bottom three guys are like 9, 10, 11, 12, or like Jalen Hurts, Tannehill, Brady, Stafford. I think a lot of people have those four guys in some order. The second those four guys are gone, I want Justin Fields, not because I think he's going to start necessarily week one or week two, but because the Derek Carrs and Kirk Cousinses and Matt Ryans of the world don't interest me with upside. But if Justin Fields plays, even if it's by week four, I think he could be like a top five quarterback every week. So weirdly, he's ahead of those guys for me. Can you imagine if Tyrod Taylor played 10, 11 weeks, the, the charges were like seven and four? Oh my God. You know, seven and four, seven and five or whatever, maybe the opposite. And they put Herbert in. He has like a mediocre four to five games to finish the year. And now we're all like, is he a bust? Like that could yeah. have literally happened. Yeah. The only person who probably played too much was Tua because he just came back from this hip injury and then was kind of judged as if he did not have a serious hip injury less than a year earlier. Too much. Yeah. All right. Number four, we actually already did this one, but just the game's getting moved. Playing on every about, day of the week. Yeah, every day of the week. We already <laughs> talked so about weird. that, but that was fucking nuts and did not help our collective disassociation from time and reality. Wednesday afternoon, I vote is the weirdest. That was so fucking bizarre. I cover yeah. football for a living, and I remember thinking that it was weird that I was watching football during the workday. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think I was in a meeting and everyone's like, well, gotta go. The Steelers game's on. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, DK, you want to take number three? Top, this is the top three. Top three weirdest things that happened 2020. I mean, yeah, so producer Katie, I think this producer should be Katie number one. mentioned this in her email. Um, is this, the, yeah, this is probably too low. Shouts to Katie, but Kendall Hinton started a fucking game at quarterback, which he hadn't even started a game at receiver. He's a rookie receiver. On the practice squad. Right, he had never, he never played his position in the NFL, and he started at quarterback for an NFL team and did about as well as you'd expect a practice squad receiver starting at quarterback in the NFL against a good Saints defense. He went... So hold hold on. Backing up a little bit. The reason he started was because all four of the Broncos quarterbacks had broke... They'd broken the COVID protocols and were all hanging out, doing their thing. They were in the quarterback room eating... No, in a fairness, I believe what happened was they were there and masked up and they ate lunch. And I don't think they put their masks on quickly after lunch, which, damn, that's some real, like, imagine doing that for some Jimmy Johns or whatever. You go get Jersey Mike's, and then it's like, holy shit, like, Kendall Hinton's that quarterback. Hey, Jersey Mike's is pretty good. They get it. So NFL teams oh, need to do, like, the California, Secret Service thing where you never really have, like, all the, the top four guys in the, you know, in the hierarchy of the leadership like in the same coaches talked about this all season <laughs> yeah coaches like, from like may when these guidelines came out were like my quarterbacks are never all gonna be the same designated survivor we need the designated survivor at like <laughs> quarterback you know what there should be one for the whole league oh like automatic just quarterback like a floater yeah, that's a good idea <laughs> yeah Floating designated guy. it's like, like that's funny. it's just like joe flacco is just the fourth string quarterback for every team in the league i think that is his real job in real life uh <laughs> No, that's Josh Josh Johnson, who's signed and, and oh, yeah. been cut from seventy six different teams. But. Josh Johnson's the only guy who's made a living on just the five grand you get for showing up to a workout. <laughs> like he's just collected like enough money from that. That sounds nice. To I me. respect it. Uh, anyways, back to Kendall Hinton. Like I said, it went about as well as you'd expect. Literally anyone coming in without. I mean, I guess he had had some quarterback experience in his lifetime, but he came in. Went it's like one Wake out, Forest or whatever. He went one for yeah. nine for 13 yards and two picks. Needless to say, 0.0 passer rating. Uh, needless to say, the Broncos did not win that game. They lost 31 to three. To Taysom Hill. To Taysom Hill at QB, which, by the way, also <laughs> weird. <laughs> like, Taysom Hill didn't even crack our top 20. Taysom Hill. a running back Kendall versus a wide receiver at quarterback. <laughs> All time game. Uh, Craig, what else you got about Hinton? Uh, did you guys know that <laughs> Kendall Hinton's wristband was added to the F- Pro Football Hall of Fame? <laughs> Not the Hall of Forget. I, I mean, can't it's believe like what, it. it's a unique experience, a unique game. That's for sure. No, that's actually what the NFL does. They 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 take shit that should be controversial or whatever, and instead they like pitch it as like, look at the adversity our league has overcome. So Hinton's wristband is placed next at the Tom next to Tom Matt's wristband in the exhibit. You all know who Tom Matt is? Nah. No. 
He was a running back in the 60s for the Baltimore Colts who played quarterback when Johnny Unitas and whoever the other quarterbacks were got hurt. He came in and played a game and they put his wristband in the Hall of Fame now next to Kendall Hinton's, which officially marks the least interesting part of the Hall of Fame of all time. Also, technically, this sucks for Hinton. He did not technically register as the starter of the game because the first offensive play was a wildcat formation. So he didn't even start. (laughs) Oh, that I did not know. That's fucked up. What? (laughs) <laughs> so he didn't start the game. So at his next like Only contract uh, negotiation, he's not going to be able to well, say. Well, it's like starting, starting, that, that's not how starting should work. That's kind of So right. Tom Matt is the only non-quarterback starter. By the way, to round it all back to the, pre, to the, to the present time, apparently Kendall Hinton's having a great offseason, you guys. He's getting a lot of hype as a receiver, <laughs> Would you draft Kendall not as Hinton? a quarterback. No, but he might make the team. So good for him. There you go. Good job. All right. This is this one's number. Honestly, Kendall Hinton should be number two, and this should be number three. But uh, it makes sense <laughs> for this to be number two. Lamar Jackson's cramps versus the Browns. Oh quote my unquote. god! I had forgotten about Poop this. Game. Lamar took the Browns to the Super Bowl. This was the was this apex mountain for memes. Like, is me are, are memes ever going to have as good of a moment? Paul Pierce. I think the, the wheelchair. The, the Blake Griffin being locked in the Clippers house as they tried it like oh, yeah. was like the original like live Twitter event for me. But this one was really up there. The, and like here's the thing. First of all, it just felt appropriate to put this at number two. Second of all, if we're talking about the weirdest shit of 2020 NFL season, this was literally the weirdest shit that happened of the 2020 <laughs> NFL season. Oh. It will go down in the annals of history. <laughs> nice. That was worse than mine. <laughs> Should, wait, now why doesn't this toilet go to the Hall of Fame? My question uh, is, how does this not happen more? Seriously. I was wondering seriously. that too. I think it does happen. I think guys would just go into the locker room like, ah, oh, my ankle. But like, they're not the starting quarterback yeah. in the fourth quarter in With week Monday 14. Football. The best part, well, I'm, I might be skipping ahead but where you're going here, but the best part is he came back and threw a fucking touchdown on fourth down. <laughs> like, well, he it was, was glorious. He was lighter. Do we have to mention that he still denies this, which I don't know why he hasn't. He should have just came out with like a branded, like, um, what are the bidets called? Oh, yeah, seriously. Tushy or whatever. Like, he should have just came out with a branded <laughs> thing. I'm like, yeah. But you know what? That's why I came back through a touchdown. Had one of these bad boys. Yeah. Let's stop poop shaming. Normalize pooping. We Everybody really should. I, Everybody poops, there, you guys. Isn't there something that, like, I don't, I think this is a story that I don't know if it's totally true, but didn't, like, a Roman emperor, like, put up walls? Like, people used to poop next to each other without walls. They put up walls, and that, like, changed Western culture, and now we're, like, wow. more ashamed of it. It used to be more normalized, and it's, like, there's only three things we really have in common, and we shame one of them. It's kind of strange. Thanks, Nero. It, I think it, no, it was Augustine? I don't, I don't know. Also, might don't know if that's true, to be honest, but alas. A yeah, little fun fact. Yeah, listen, the next time somebody at the Ringer NFL Network or anywhere interviews a player, somebody asks the real questions and say, hey, listen, how many actual guys take shits during the game? How often does that happen? Question. I'd love to know. Well, halftime, it's probably a good amount. But like during the game. For people that have played competitive sports, I would say it's a known thing. Like nerves get to you. And yeah. guess well, what the happens when some you guys have lock really up. bad nerves? Some guys lock up to it right before the game. <laughs> Pre-game poop is very normal. Yeah. Like, uh, Bill Hader normal. used to throw up before SNL like every single week. Man, that's dedication. But mid-game <laughs> poop is different. Yeah, the mid-game vom is tough. Because you know, like when you go to sleep at night, even if you kind of had to shit, you just like your walk. body just goes into dormancy. Yeah, your body locks yeah. up. It's like the fi- it's the fight or flight thing. It's the fight or it flight response. It is true. 
Yeah. Some guys probably can't poop even the Super Bowl is four and a half hours. Like some guys probably just straight up can if they, even if they want to. Yeah. I find it fascinating. I asked um when I was in Miami for the Super Bowl last year, I asked who is is it Colquitt? Who's the punter for the Chiefs? Dustin Colquitt, yeah. Actually, there's two Britain, Britain and Dustin. I don't remember which one. I think it's Dustin. I asked him uh at the press thing what everybody eats before the Super Bowl. I was very curious. I'm very curious about players' diets and what they eat the day of the games. And he kind of told me that they have this whole um, layout of like steak versus chicken and potatoes and veggies. It's just like a very basic like night before games, but then like players can kind of do whatever they want the day of. And I was kind of surprised that there wasn't more of like a, we're having health smoothies. We're having car, like the the right type of complex carbs. I, w- I, if I would be like full Steve Nash and be like, everyone's in cryogenic chambers yeah. and we're all eating the right food. So this is why Tom Brady is like playing when he's 43 years old is he doesn't take anything, every nothing that is like inflammatory. You're not going to get the shits in the middle of a game. Take note, Lamar. Take note. Speaking of Brady, tier yeah, one. What did Lamar eat? What did Lamar that, That's the question. That, that's that's what, what did, they say journalism's dead. Let's find answers to this. It's like MJ eating that pizza in Utah. You know, it's like, what did Lamar eat that day? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I forgot. Should get to that. the bottom of this. <laughs> All right, tier one. His poo game, not his flu game. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> Good one. I feel like I've heard all these on Twitter like eight months ago, but they're still funny the second time around. There's so much content now that you forget everything that happened. Meme Apex Mountain. I'm sticking to it. It was the funnest. Meme Apex Mountain. It was the f- most there. fun I've had on Twitter, maybe Wait, ever. You guys hear me out here. <laughs> you know how there's so many memes that like it's almost hard to remember jokes? You have yeah. Amemesia. Amemesia. Oh, wow. Amemesia. That's actually really good. Get out. Thank you. Thank That's you. Good. When That's I just need good. when I need Craig doing when I want a word for something, I just text Craig. Like I told Craig, you haven't given me this one. I want a word for when a waiter is coming out with your food and then they walk past you and you realize it's not your food for your table mm. and you're disappointed. Oh, yeah. Like I want a, a German word for email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com for that German. word, please. We will get a response to this. We've got a good number of German. We're gonna be fluent fans. in German men yeah. like yeah, I years. want the German word for when a waiter <laughs> walks past you with your food and it's not your food and you get upset. Anyway, should we get to the number one craziest thing that happened in the NFL 2020 season? Or you have another yeah. Amemesia joke, Craig. This one's a letdown in my opinion, but it is I you know, it's weird like when you look back 50 years from now, you know? Mm-hmm. But no, I, I'm keeping no, this is the only one that's not. Tom Brady left the fucking Patriots, went to the Tampa. Bay Buccaneers, which was weird at the time, and then they won the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> That's number one. I don't care. I, I know other shit happened. Every part of it was weird. Him leaving the Pats was weird. It was weird that he signed with the Bucks, and it wasn't even the biggest news of the week in sports because March Madness was canceled. It wasn't even that big of it. was a big deal, but even when it happened, it was like lockdowns, shelter in place. The same day he announced, the White House was like, don't gather in groups of more than 10 people. Like This was completely overshadowed by real life. So it didn't get the credit, it didn't get the, the, the hype it usually would have gotten. Then they won the Super Bowl <laughs> by a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm just at the point now where I'm like, yeah, Brady's like a freak of nature. He's fucking I, I, inevitable. Yeah. He's the opposite of death. He's the opposite of the Grim Reaper, whatever that is. Well, here's the thing. Let me, let me, so DK, DK, you sent this to us last night and you sent By the this, way, this is, I didn't fact check this, but I'm just going to assume it's I fact, no, I fact checked. The tweet was okay. a little off. So I, I've up, but there was a tweet from the Samara Ali, which was really good. I, it was a little off. So I fact checked it. You went, you went back and checked every sports championship. Yeah, every I, year. I, I did have to, a couple were off. So wow. I, so you. here's the thing. The point is that Tom Brady is title town. Like everywhere that Tom Brady has lived has been successful. Where he's physically present. Where he, Yeah, where he's <laughs> physically present. So let's just go through Tom Brady's life. He was born in the Bay Area 
1977. The Niners then draft Joe Montana in 79. So Tom Brady's there for his childhood in the Bay Area. The Niners win the Super Bowl in 1979. The Raiders, the Oakland Raiders, win the Super Bowl in 1980. The 49ers win the Super Bowl in 81, 84, 88, uh, 89. The Oakland A's also win the World Series in 1989, and then the Niners win it again in 94. So that's crazy. Then, and that brings him to 17 years old. 17. Tom Brady then goes to college. He goes to Michigan. He's in Ann Arbor, which is near Detroit. The Red Wings win two Stanley Cup finals, and Michigan football wins a national championship. Then Tom Jesus. Brady go, is drafted, goes to like Foxborough, basically Boston. The Patriots win the Super Bowl in 2001, 2003, 2004. The Red Sox win in 04 and 07. The Patriots go 16 and 0 and 07. Lose to the Giants, though, lol. The Celtics win the NBA Finals in 08. The Bruins win the Stanley Cup in the Finals in 11. Red Sox win the, the World Series in 13. Patriots win the Super Bowl in 14, 16, and 18. Then the Red Sox win in 18. God Tom Brady <laughs> goes to Tampa Bay. And then the Lightning win the Stanley Cup. The Rays make the World Series and almost win the World Series. The Bucks win the Super Bowl. And last fucking night, the Lightning won the Stanley Cup again. The opposite of death. What is <laughs> Tom Brady is literally the opposite of the Grim Reaper. Whatever that is. He's, he's, he's a human holy grail. <laughs> this is That's so fucking, fucking crazy. This is bizarre. I don't even like know what to say about this. Like, what, what's happening? I'll tell you what should happen. The mini, the the Bucks, the NBA team, the Bucks <laughs> should fly Tom Brady to Minnesota, and maybe they'll beat the Suns. All right, I'm counting. So he's been alive for 43 years, and I believe if I counted right, he the, the cities he's physically been president and have 27 titles, <laughs> like half, more than 20. Half so e like every year, Tom Brady's been alive. The city he lives in has wins a title every other year, Jesus. on average. What, maybe like a city, maybe there should be like a bidding war. Like what city would pay the most for him to just live there? <laughs> like mean, city council's just voting on like, let's let's give him a retirement pension to come here and just live. At least part like of Bay the Bay Area. Year. They could pay off the Chase Center with all the money they lost from Durant leaving. Yes. Where will Brady live in his retirement? What city could pay him the most to live there and give them a ring? Milwaukee? They're up there. I, I will pay him the most. It's obviously go back to San Francisco. Just, you know. Just yeah. Clearly. New York. I bet you New York would pay a pretty penny. Jets. Yeah. New oh, yeah. Ooh, his kids are in the Northeast. New York is Jets, he probably would settle in Manhattan. He can get one of those tall penthouse towers at like the big buildings they where they live in that cost 30 million a pop and are actually terrible. Would he have to live in Jersey for this rule to work? No, because we're stretching a little bit. Foxborough versus Boston, General San Mateo, San Francisco. Though. Like, no, he's, I think it's a metropolitan area. It doesn't have to be. It's within half. You get to Jersey in 25 minutes. Jacksonville. Probably pay a lot. I think he's already got the Florida thing down. Anyway, this is insane. This is an insane fucking year. That's an insane thing. Uh, honest to God, I want to be earnest for a moment and thank everyone who's listened to us over the last year. We launched this pod in the middle of a crazy fucking year. We didn't know if there yeah. was going to be a football season when we launched this. Thank you so much for everyone who stuck with us through this episode, but also just through the last year. We are like immensely excited to get going through a relatively normal-ish NFL season. And just thank you for sticking with us. And we're like really excited to be like back and better than ever this year. So yeah, thank you. We absolutely. got the draft guide coming next week and we're absolutely fucking pumped. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you guys so much. Absolutely. Most of all, the most important person to think of all other than Katie. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Bee Gees. Oh, oh Bee Gees. Barry Gibb. 
Very good one. On the Barry Gibb talk show. That's one of the best <laughs> SNL sketches. Speaking of Lauren. Yeah. Madonna at us. No, no, Mariah Carey, not Madonna. Oh my God. How did I just confuse them? What the Madonna? (laughs) Now she's, now Mariah's never going to hit us up. You confused her with Madonna. Screwed it up. She just slammed her laptop. She was emailing us as we speak. (sighs) One day.